0: Good morning, beautiful people. It's wonderful to see you today. My name is Jill Engels, and I am a licensed practitioner for CSL White Rock. I first want to just settle into this moment and just take a breath. And in this breath, I acknowledge the beautiful divine presence that is here right now. It is here right now, within each and every one. It is everywhere and it is everything. And I welcome everyone to this day of sharing, to being together and with open hearts, we welcome each other to sharing this time in community, in being together, honoring one another and honoring this beautiful thing we call life as we embrace it in our day and in this time that we share. So it is with an open heart, trusting nature, and all the good that I welcome everyone to join together and saying, thank you, thank you for being with us today. Beautiful. Thank you so very much for being with us. It is my pleasure to introduce our returning musician, Theta Phoenix. Theta is a sacred sound channel, intuitive singer, songwriter, and recording artist whose angelic voice, intuitive shamanic music, and soul-inspiring lyrics touch people. And we are here to be a part of that. Welcome back, Theda.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me. Ah, mm-hmm. this moment together to share can heal and feel and celebrate the divine gift of all of this this life this spirit
0: Thank you, Theta. That was beautiful. I'm happy to say that Theta was telling me that she is going to start an intuitive singing course. And that begins this Wednesday for six weeks, which will be wonderful. And you can go to her website and find out all the information about that. I did ask Theta because I do love to sing and do not have a voice. And she said, it, you can do it. So it sounds pretty exciting and she's also started some live performances and the first one's coming up on April 24th in theater where will that be in Langley Port Langley
1: Port Langley at yeah, Wisteria Acres
0: okay and your six week course begins it's 10
1: week it's a 10 oh, week okay it okay. starts this Wednesday and everyone's welcome who is curious um, in joining the first class for free if anyone's interested and i'll i'll uh, put a link up Uh, here if anyone is interested in finding out more info
0: that's beautiful thank you thank you so much
1: it's about uh connecting with the healing power of your own voice and your own intuitive ability to sing and sound as your own medicine
0: wow that sounds very good very good thank you so much thea that was lovely thank you for sharing your beautiful talent with us Oh, as we begin our gathering today and the settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. This is an honor and we thank you for this honor. At CSL White Rock, we are an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of our lives on a regular and consistent basis. This comes in extremely handy, especially through times of challenging times, to be able to draw on these principles, these tools, to guide you through, through those shadowy, darker times, back into the light again. So there is a wonder every day just waiting for us to live the joys and the, the joys and the pleasures and all the good that life offers. So let's start today together. Okay. I love it when Reverend Terry speaks for us. As CSL Whitewalk's past spiritual director for several years, Reverend Terry taught many classes that also included teaching ministers and practitioners. He is a captivating speaker and a brilliant teacher. Reverend Terry brings his deep love and reverence of life into embracing and living fully and completely. In retirement, he officiates funerals and weddings, speaks at CSL centers, mentors, ministers, counsels clients, and sails his boat in his spare time. Reverend Terry continues to study with his tenacious learning appetite, which he enthusiastically shares with his contemporaries, or by teaching classes or facilitating a panel discussion as he is today after our gathering. So be sure to tune in at noon as he guides us through one of those challenging conversations. But before that, get your notepad, sit back in your chair, and prepare yourself for any other another compelling talk by Reverend Terry Shee. It is my pleasure to introduce my teacher, my friend, Reverend Terry.
2: It's a great pleasure to be back with you again. And Theda, thank you so much. Such a wonderful gift. Um, I often said when I was um, actively ministering that... um, I always wanted music to precede the lecture because music opens the heart, and then it leaves me free to plant the seed. And so I want to thank you for opening our hearts so beautifully and so generously. I, I was truly taken away by your music. So today, um, today is Palm Sunday. and um, Palm Sunday, of course, is the first Sunday in Holy Week. And um, this week and Easter and Passover and Ramadan are all embedded in one another. It's, it's very much like um, those, um, those Russian dolls, you know, that are embedded one within another. And so the first Uh, The first level is Ramadan, which started on April 1st and is a celebration of the transmission of the Quran to the last prophet, to Muhammad, may his name be blessed. And then the Easter, of course, is not about transmission anymore, but now it is about Transition, transition from death to life. And that transition from death to life, of course, in the death and resurrection
3: narrative of Jesus. And then the next level down, of course, is the Passover.
2: The Passover is that movement, I think I called it, a transfer of the people of God from slavery to freedom in the promised land. The title of the talk today that was suggested by CSL is Dance with the Donkey. And you, I would not be my normal self if I didn't kind of expand on that a little bit and say, If you dance with the donkey, you make an ass of yourself. And uh, um, the donkey, believe it or not, figures very heavily in the story of Palm Sunday. And not only the donkey, who, by the way, was referred to in the scriptures as an ass, but very specifically, not the donkey itself, but actually the cult of the donkey is the one that Jesus chose to. Uh, Mount for his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. I want to start with that idea of trans triumphal entry. And later, when you join me for the collaborative conversation with Stephen Jenkinson and your community leaders and elders, and also a surprise guest, you will hear him talk about slavery. And the idea of slavery itself, that movement from slavery in Egypt or slavery to death, or slavery to ignorance, that is part of the the message of Ramadan. That passage
3: is critical in one very specific idea. And that is, If you are a slave and you're seeking to escape slavery, what that means is anything that has anything to do with the slavery that you have experienced, you want gone. And you want the memory even of that slavery gone.
2: But what is is it that you bring with you from your slavery but the longing for freedom out of the slavery that you still continue to carry with you. And so that slavery you carry
3: with you becomes in a very real way, the motivator for freedom. But it's not a good motivation. And here's why. A little known fact from the scripture of the 40 days to get
2: 17 miles, or sorry, 40 years to get 17 miles. None of the generation of Moses, including Moses himself, entered into the promised land. They all died en route. And it was only those who were free of that memory of slavery that were able to enter into the promised land.
3: Even Moses was not allowed to enter. Why? Because carrying
2: the seed of slavery within us poisons our freedom. And so those who entered had to have no memory of the slavery their forebears had endured. They had to be free in their minds
3: and hearts before they could enter the promised land. And why is that so important? Because in slavery, there are two opposing
2: principles They are like sides of a coin.
3: On one side of that coin is victimhood. And on the other side of the coin is entitlement. Victimhood and entitlement are closely interwoven. And we see that at work in our world today. I'll tell you a story. I went down to the beach with
2: a friend not too long ago and we were driving through the parking lots down the beach at White Rock. And you know how those parking lots are set up. You go in at one end, you make your long trajectory down the parking lot, looking for a parking space. And then if you don't find one, you move on to the next one. And so I was in my car driving along and there was a young woman with two little toddlers. One was in a carriage and the other one, she was holding his hand and they were walking along right in the center of the parking lot. And I was the car right behind her. And then there were a long line of cars behind me as she slowly made her way directly down the center of the parking lot. Now, of course, being a minister, I didn't blow my horn and ask her to move, but the car behind me did.
3: And she immediately turned, looked at me and gave me the finger. Now I thought to myself,
2: she was the victim of someone telling her to move out of the way, but she was also operating out of entitlement to be where she was with her children doing what she wanted to do moving at the pace she wanted to move at and the fact that there was a
3: line of cars behind us tough luck it's that mentality that we're seeing everywhere it's poisonous it's
2: Invisible for most of us. It's certainly invisible when it's within us.
3: So that donkey that we dance with
2: is the donkey of our own limitation. St. Francis of Assisi referred to his body as his donkey. The one that not only that didn't carry him, but he actually ended up having to carry And there's a wonderful story about that wonderful um, uh, wise and holy man, um, Nasruddin, who watched a man carrying his donkey because the donkey was tired. We carry the donkey of our limited consciousness with us in so many ways.
3: Today, I'm talking about this book.
2: Whoops, how do I get it to you? There we go. <laughs> Come of Age by Steven Jenkinson. Um, my friend David Leonard christened him Joyless Jenkinson. He's, he's someone you either love or hate. I happen to love him. And I think he's not entirely joyless, but he's not, he's not your warm and fuzzy. He's decidedly cold and prickly. And if you tune in this afternoon for the um, collaborative conversation, I intend to introduce you to him in about a 10-minute video where he talks about aging and death.
3: We live in an interesting time in the sense that there are
2: more elderly people alive on our planet than ever before the majority of
3: most European countries are elderly people. People who we would term perhaps elders, but who might in fact just be old. And so Stephen Jenkinson's
2: idea of elderhood, And as he calls it, A Case for Elderhood in a Time of Trouble, is a remarkable book, and I think a very timely one, and one that I think would be truly a source of inspiration for Centers for Spiritual Living. There's no doubt about the fact that our communities are elder, older, and that speaks well for who we are. Because what it does is it speaks to the fact that at this point in our lives, we are actually thinking
3: about our end days. Jenkinson says this. You're older now. You've grown into the fullness of your years. Yes but you've done
2: so in a time and place that is all but elder free. An etiquette of diminished expectation and decorum settles around you. Nothing instructs you now. Nothing vindicates you having lasted this long. The whisper campaign says that the kindness of life grows thin with age and the frailties of time are a sign that you are being
3: left behind by life, that the gods have other business now than you.
2: That is the message of society. And it is a message many of us have adopted. I am the first to admit that I have had the worst relationship with aging. And I came by it honestly. My mother had three facelifts by the time I was 40. She lied about her age so frequently and so skillfully that she didn't actually know how old she was. And even now, none of us know quite how old she was. And to tell a story on myself, which I think is even more revealing, as I have aged and have had a series of relationships, every single one of my partners has become
3: progressively younger. What does that tell you about my relationship with aging? Well, what
2: I'm here to tell you is that I am in the process of developing a new relationship with my soon to be 75 years. That I am engaged purposefully in a journey that one of our elders, a man who I admire tremendously, former president of Religious Science International, Dr. Kennedy Schultz and one of my personal elders. Kennedy shared a history with me in the sense that he was not qualified to be a minister when he became one. That is to say he hadn't done all the prerequisite courses. He was um, a graduate of a 12 step program and he started his first church in a bar in Atlanta. And he said in his own defense, when I became a religious science minister, I saw the darkness. And I wanted to find my way through the darkness. But in order to do that, I had to go into it. And so his approach to our teaching was to excavate the dark, painful and hard places in our life, hoping
3: that as he dug deeper and deeper and deeper, he would find the light. My beloved teacher Kennedy was a hard man. One of
2: those firm believers in, well, one of the things he said is about his church, for example, everyone was saying, oh, you know, I found a home in religious science. And he said, we don't want people who are looking for a home. We want people who
3: have a home. So he was tough. Given to very much focusing on mind. But at the end of his life, when he was stricken with a brain tumor, all he wanted was to be loved. And as a matter of fact, he called my
2: friend, David Leonard, one of his students, to come and be with him in his
3: final days. And he said to David, David, I was wrong. It's not about the head. It's about the heart. And all I want now is to be held. He died knowing That he had made that step from the darkness from the slavery and into the light that's the journey
2: of all of us this is the time of our lives when we get to set aside all of our previous preoccupations all of the struggles and the pains and the movement through the darkness. And if we're willing, and if we're bold, we get to open up to the light that's been courting us our whole lives. The oneness that has been calling us. Last night I shared with Jill the formative poem of my life when I reembarked on my spiritual path at 42 or 43. And the poem is Francis Thompson's The Hound of Heaven. I chased you down the byways and the highways, and you fled
3: me in every possible direction. But in the end, you fled me, but I caught up with you. We're at the catch-up place. We're there. And that wonderful quote that Jill shared, the third principle of
2: what we believe by Ernest Holmes. That's the one that I think needs to inform my life and our lives at this time. We
3: believe in the immortality and the eternality of the individual soul
2: forever and ever expanding. This time of our lives is to be that expansion time where we finally open
3: out in death onto eternity. Ebenezer Scrooge, now this is a this
2: is a big segue. Ebenezer Scrooge at the end of the Christmas Carol. And if you have in your mind as I do, Alastair Sim dancing in his nightshirt at the end of the final moments, and people saying of Scrooge, it was like he was a young man.
3: It was like he had rediscovered life. Why and how? Because he had set aside all of those things to embark on what he had been called to be from the beginning. Redemption. Our redemption is self made. We do it to
2: and for ourselves. No one does it for us.
3: There are habits of the heart, and they are often broken in crude ways. Mercy being what mercy is, infirmity will break these for you. In the sway of all that
2: loosening of the old ties, it might not have come to you yet. That you lasting this long with
3: all of its allegations of loss is the mercy you are seeking. It isn't all goodness and light, I can assure you, mercy. But it is a faithful sign that you growing down into your age is there, pending, hovering, possible. And for the sake of the young people around you,
2: it is mandatory. Your aging, you see, is not coming to you. You are not its recipient, its victim. It's not inflicted upon you any more than the quiet
3: enduring presence of the reasons for your birth and your life were inflicted upon you. Neither its master nor its teacher, you are age's practitioner now. Your
2: aging is coming to those who attend to your later years. It's coming to the younger people around you. It is one of the examples that they will bring to their aging time, your aging, its
3: meaning and purpose is happening to them, not to you. A little bit of Joyless Jenkinson to conclude. It is my belief that we are on the cusp of something wonderful. And the struggles and the pains, the horror, the sadness, and the grief that we are all bearing in these days, in these troubled times. They are the dark that precedes the dawn. And it is consciousness, yours and mine, and as many people as we can touch that are the harbinger of the time to come. I bless you on your path. I love you and I encourage you all.
2: Namaste. God bless.
3: I'm going to listen on yours. Okay. I invite you to join me in this moment in knowing with absolute conviction and certainty, the goodness of your life. Knowing the power that you are, knowing the presence of the one that you express, knowing the glory and the good I woke up at one o'clock this morning thinking, dancing and betrothed to the good. Knowing that that good which you are is intrinsic to you. It is not something you have to get. It is not something I need to court
2: as much as I need to, like the lover,
3: look into the lover's eyes and see myself reflected there. The blessing, the glory,
2: the good, and the love that is my life is unfolding with ease and grace. The mercy that I seek, I am. Blessed am I, this merciful, for I shall obtain mercy. The peace that I seek is mine. I Offer peace and I get peace in return. I offer blessing and I receive blessing in return. I give from the fullness of my heart and mind and I receive fullness, overflowing in return. I am grateful to know this truth and to live it freely and joyously. And if you agree with me, and if you're on the word, then I invite you to affirm with me with certainty and clarity, and purpose, and conviction.
0: And so it is. And so it is. <laughs> Beautiful, thank you. Thank you. Mm, what a gift. So this is the time of our offertory. So what was today's gathering like for you? If you have received value or good from this experience, then return that good with a donation to CSL White Rock, the gift that giveth.
3: There are three ways
0: to give. You can go to our website and donate on our website. You can give us a check. And there's also the option where you can e-transfer. And all this information is in the chat. Thank you. Thank you for this. And I'd like you to join me, if you wish, in this affirmation. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive, and so it is.